Hello and welcome to We're Not Singing Anymore. We're three mates isolated in different parts of the country. All of us are football and music fans. They're two Blades, one Sunderland fan. And we're also big fans of blues, soul, rock and roll, country and other things besides. We're all 60 plus so that might skew the content of what we talk about just a little bit. Now with no gigs or football matches to go to, we decided to keep in touch and speak every week. Instead of just another chat about how bored we all were, we decided to pick a theme for the week and come prepared to share a football thought and a music story. We thought it would be fun to record each chat just to remind us of this bizarre time that we're living through. And of course, as we're recording it, the next logical step was to put it out there as a, as a simple podcast for anybody else who might be interested. We're still getting to grips with the technology and it's clearly not the quality presentation of other podcasts. But then again, there's probably nobody listening anyway. Each podcast has two halves. The first half we cover football and the second half we talk about music. And that means you can listen to either both halves or just, just the one that you might be interested in. Also, we create a Spotify play- playlist at the end of each week based on the music that we talk about. So let's get going. Radio, just checking that uh, that we're all here. Uh, we've got Tony, the Bambury Blade, we found out this morning up in Leeds. You're yeah. There. yeah, I am. And Charlie, all up there up in Newcastle. Gateshead. Gateshead. Oh, oh I do apologise. <laughs> I do apologise. Well, uh, right, so this is, um, so here we are again. This is the first half. Um, and the theme we chose for today, if you remember, is pairings. Or, uh, or partnerships, pairings and partnerships. Um, Tony and I, Tony, I've got loads here. Um, I've probably got, least, I've got, I've got, I've got a couple I can, I can, I can talk through because uh, I thought me and Tony may well trip over <laughs> each other <laughs> a little bit here. Um, so I'm going to say, I'm going to give Charlie the stance to get going first and uh, uh, with his, his pairing and, uh, and, uh, and then you and I can go, Tony, you can go after that and I'll pull up the rear as it were mother <laughs> charlie what you got for us well oh, 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 oh have i got something for you <laughs> no it's the uh, the 1973 cup final Way. Way. when when we when we spanked leeds one nil uh, 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 charlie can i tell you you've already got the riveted, undivided <laughs> attention of both me and Tony. We are literally <laughs> plumping up our cushions, <laughs> listening for waiting for this one. Can well, I? well, well, plump away, and you might have to plump a bit further because <laughs> one of the players is Ian Porterfield. So I'll be I'll be asking you questions later on your knowledge of Ian Porterfield. Okay. So and the uh, the other player is Jimmy Montgomery, the goalkeeper. So whilst they're not a pair as such, without them, we wouldn't have won the cup, because Ian Porterfield scored and because of the save, that, uh, the double save that Jimmy Montgomery made. You know? yeah. um, so I thought it's apt uh, that I have them uh, both together. And I suppose that the key thing was that, that 
that, that final was the first time in 42 years that a second division club or team had won the cup. Uh-huh. Uh, so it was it was a massive event for us. It's, it's funny, I was talking to Vince during the week about this. Uh, and then I, I was going to cover it and he was saying about uh, how Leeds prepared for that game, you know, which was Don Revy, they were going to this, going to that, you know, blah, 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 blah. Soaping them all up on the table. So, so, yeah. Whereas, whereas Sutherland uh, just spent the week being celebrities. <laughs> 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 and, and he's been reckons, and I haven't checked this, that we were even on there, or, or a couple of players were even on top of the pops that week. <laughs> With some, some some gem of a song that, <laughs> that we possibly recorded. So so we, we had a, a different outlook to it. Uh, as opposed to Leeds, and of course, Leeds were going to be the uh, team that were going to walk it, yeah. you know, and that didn't prove to be the case. And I, I had the opportunity to have it this week, then to probably the first time in a long time where I, I went on YouTube and looked at the replay of the, uh, the match there, and, and I didn't enjoy the game as <laughs> such. It was, you know, it was edge of your seat stuff. But I wasn't enjoying it. I was so nervous. And now, after all these years, I look at it and think, like, wow, we we played uh, we played very well, that well. Day. and we we gave them a, a fright because we uh, we showed them very little respect. And I think within the first couple of minutes, it's either Dave Watson or Richie Kitt just went straight into Alan Clark and like kicked him up a height, <laughs> almost like you're in for a game, son, kind uh-huh. of thing, you know. So, uh, so what Charlie, Charlie you, were, you, you were there, were you, Charlie? Yes, yes. Yeah. And, and, and the great thing, Tony, was that um, where uh, uh, the seat was, I was, I was with uh, a, a lad called Roger Smith. You know the sax player, Jeff? Yes, Roger, yes, yes, so, yes I so, do. So, yeah. so the two, two of us were there. And uh, the goal that Porterfield scored was the 18-yard line about just inside the penalty area. And he was bang on line with us. Wow. And then the save in the second half by Jimmy Montgomery, same thing, same spot, wasn't so, it? So, so the history was 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 before our eyes, so to speak. Yeah, um, brilliant. So yes, there, Tony, and it was uh, it was just a fantastic occasion. But like I say, I was I was just so nervous about it. Mm. And, and and the the interesting thing is, it's like when you again watching this replay, um, and I think it was Brian Moore who was doing the uh, the commentary. Um, Bearing in mind the David and Goliath thing, Leeds first, you know, the mighty Leeds and where they were at the time, was being in the, uh, the old second division. Yeah. <laughs> the the, the, uh, the, the chuck, you know, spinning the coin. And uh, Brian Moore says, Billy Bremner at five foot five looks down on Bobby Kerr at five foot four. <laughs> 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 so these two giants. You know, yeah. <laughs> and and there, were, there were many great performances yeah. uh, in, in that final. Um, but, but, and, and Vince again said to me that he uh, read somewhere that Billy Hughes, who was uh, one of our young stars at the time, about 10 minutes from the end, Norman Hunter went past him and sort of said something like, well, Billy, it's, it's your cup today. We ain't going to score. Really? So that was just one of those interesting... Mm-hmm. Again, you know? 
but, but it's, looking at it uh, in terms of I'm saying those two as a parent because they, you know, they, that was the significance of a, yeah, a of save it was. And, and a single goal um, but Bob, Bob Stoko, the manager he joined us in November 72 and we were in the cup final in May 73 and mm. um, when he joined we were fourth bottom four wins in 18 games and we finished sixth and we won the cup Wow. You know, so pretty special. The very opposite of Howard Wilkins. <laughs> yes. yes. Indeed. For en- indeed. For, indeed, yes. For anybody listening, anybody listening last, <laughs> last week's podcast featured Mr. Howard Wilkinson, but you'll have to go and listen to it to, uh, yeah, to get the detail yeah. on that one. I think, but, uh, uh, I think Charlie, you, you, I think those of us, you know, who are not as uh, emotionally wedded to, uh, to Sunderland as you wouldn't be to, to United... You would, we would all say, I can remember both of those players absolutely from that final, yeah. and yeah. probably not a lot of it, not, not a lot else. So they, they yeah. were the two key, 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 yeah. not a genuine pairing, but they were def, definitely key to it. Yeah. yeah. One of the Biden moments at the end, and I'll hold a photograph up in a second, was that uh, at the end of the game, <coughs> there's the famous one, at least. The game yeah. famous for me is where Bob Stoker was running across the pitch. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't know whether he's actually it's slow motion or he's just, <laughs> or he's just running slowly. But he's going he's, he's across the pitch and he's going towards Jimmy Montgomery. He's won the game for us. Yeah, and yeah. he grabs him and he lifts him up and all the rest of it. And it's it's a fantastic scene. And then later, I just hold that photograph up. Oh yeah, there's now a statue. Outside the ground of, of that scene of Bob Stoke, or right. with, it, with his hat on, we can see his tit for his tit for absolutely <laughs> fantastic, fantastic. Could and that Charlie was one of those cup finals that, like, what I class as the old fashioned cup finals, where you know most things stop for the day, you know, you know, it's been played at three and not yeah. up a five in the afternoon, and the build up is completely completely the morning and um and the other thing is that fans across the country just totally behind the underdog everybody loves an underdog Absolutely. and i remember the whole country were willing sunderland <laughs> to win Absolutely. or at least yeah. perform well well bring it up to date tony uh curiously i suppose or weirdly is that the town of sunderland on that day, was in lockdown. <laughs> you know, the, the streets deserted. Yeah. You know, there, there, were, there were things wow. on local television on the, the, the following week, you know, about scenes in the town and, and all the rest of it. But it was, it was, it was basically in, uh, in lockdown. And, you know. Uh, but for, for a good reason. <laughs> for, a good, for a good reason, yeah. Very good reason. Now, okay. I, 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 I'm conscious like, about moving on here, but... Right, coming back in Ian Porterfield and his Blades connection. Yeah. Can, can you remember much much about him? Yeah. Oh, yes. He was one of our better, much, much better managers that had a much better record than some we can name. And he was kind of famous for our League Four days, I think, Jeff, wasn't it? It was. I think he was bringing, the manager for the Darlington trip, wasn't he? Yeah, bringing players to us like Colin Morris. You may remember Colin Morris, right winger, fantastic player. Bob Hatton, 
Mm -hmm. who used to play with Birmingham. Um, brought Keith Edwards back again. I think he brought Keith Edwards back. I think he back. did, yeah. Um, you know, and it just got the basis of a, well, certainly a fantastic team to get out of those leagues anyway, League Four. Yeah. Um, and strangely enough, it, he provided us with probably one of our best ever seasons that we had in League Four, Jeff. Oh, oh absolutely. Uh, and I, I think for another, another chat under another topic, but yeah. I, I was at Darlington the day we got promoted and yeah. uh, that was a day I don't think any any football team will have ever seen anything like it and I've certainly yeah. never seen anything like it. I won't tell you anymore because I think there's a good 10 minutes to be told yeah. under, some other th under some other theme <laughs> of ours. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely. But, were you there, Tony? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Sure was. Yeah. Could, 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 can I, I just say, Jeff, looking at that record there, because I looked, uh, it was an obituary uh, that Brian uh, Glanville did, mm -hmm. you know, the yeah. football writer, mm -hmm. um, and it's a it's a really a really good read. Um, but he took uh, he took the blades up from the fourth division to the second division in three seasons. Yeah, which, which I, I think is pretty, pretty remarkable. Really. Yeah, it was good. I, I'll just give the final Porterfield story. That's <laughs> it. Uh, it's great. Because he did, he did, and he and Tony's quite right. He he was one of the the better managers, and he did take us up. Like most managers, at the end, it went a yes, bit sour. Yes, yes, yeah. Now I have a good friend of mine uh, uh, called Dave Dave Bur Dave Burrows, who I've played football with for for, for years, uh, and uh, and I see him at lots of Blades games, and it, it was when it was when Ian Porterfield, unfortunately, was coming to the end of his. His, his time with us and results were not that good and I went to Dave's wedding um, and the well I went to the, the we went to the evening evening do at Dave, Dave's wedding at a, at a working men's club actually near Hillsborough where, where he lives um, and Dave Dave had tied a few on by the time it was his turn to to give his <laughs> uh, his speech as the, as the group and uh, I, I I, I, I can actually, it shows you, even at my age, I can remember the whole of his speech, word for word, <laughs> because he staggered onto the stage, you know, tie askew, collars up slightly, walked up to the microphone and said, Porterfield out, <laughs> and, walked, and walked off again. <laughs> And that that was one of the finest <laughs> finest groom speeches I think I've uh, I've, heard, I've ever heard. Succinct <laughs> and to the point. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'll, I'll offer you something here from this uh, this obituary. Um, he must have been married for th uh, three times in Porterfield. But I, I like this one the best because it's in amongst the football stats and information. <clears throat> in July 1988, he married Elaine Allister an event marred by a brawl involving his brother Billy and his father, Jack, both of whom were ejected from the reception. <laughs> <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Good, right, I think in the interest of time, chaps, uh, we need to move to Tony, I think. And see if Tony's actually picked... 
picked what I've picked. You may well have. I, I love that, Charlie, anyway. And uh, that brings back some great memories from the 70s. And uh, I, I so envy you, having seen your team win the FA Cup. Well, seen it in a final, let alone win the FA Absolutely. Cup. Absolutely. At, at the old Wembley. Now, what I would give, what I'd give for that. Yeah. Uh, well, what... Well, what a, new, what a Newcastle supporter would give for that. <laughs> uh, take that. Right. Come on, uh, Right, OK. So, yes, I think there might be a potential conflict of interest with you, Jeffrey, on, uh, yeah. on this. Um, and I did go through um, a couple of pairings that were mm, very, very Sheffield United-centred, like yeah. Tony Curry and Alan Woodward. Yeah, um, that that was the first one that came to mind. Yeah, second one was Brian Dean and Tony Garner. Yeah, but I've I've skipped past those two as All much right. as I'd like to talk about them and could talk about them. Mm. Um, and I'm ending up with yeah, Sheffield United related, but not entirely Sheffield United related, and it kind of links into partly what you've been talking about, Charlie, as well, and I. And it was quite spooky, really, because you sent an, art, an article um, in the week, I think, Charlie, about uh, Mick Jones. Oh, yes, yes. Um, yeah. Which was a really good read, if anybody's missed it. I think it, I think it was The Guardian. Um, but, but a really interesting article on, on Mick Jones. Uh, and I'm going for my partnership of being Mick Jones and the bloke who was kicked up in the air early on in that 1973 cup final, Alan Clark. Ah. Um, now, Mick Jones, he was called, a, he was born in Shire Oaks in, in Nottinghamshire, and his first nickname when he came to the, the lane was the Sheriff of Shire Oaks. <laughs> and um, <laughs> it was part of that 63 team that Jeff talked about, I think last week, yeah. uh, of, you know, Len Badger, Bernard Shaw, uh, et al really um, but but Mick was was part of that team and he came into the team right at the end of the um, 63 62-63 season uh, and I was fortunate enough he was 17 when he made his debut I was fortunate enough to see him make his debut at Old Trafford uh, and well he's, he's only a kid 17 but he was built like a man still at yeah. 17 and um you just knew he was going to be a fantastic player at, at that age. And um, he they drew 1-1 that day. He didn't score, but he got four goals in four games before the end of that season. And the bloke that scored that day, you may remember him, Jeff, a winger called Barry Hartle. Barry Hartle, I do, yeah. Um, and another player we've talked about before was playing in that, that game, well, Quite a few, but Doc Pace was was playing in that, oh, so yeah. he was partnered with an old campaigner like Doc Pace. Yeah, no better to make your no. debut. I wouldn't have thought. Um, but I mean, Mick Jones. What was he? He was, he was great in the air. He was tough. He could run through a wall. Perfect temperament. Never got, never retaliated. Never got really angry. Um, and it broke my heart. It broke my heart yeah. when he went to Leeds. Leeds, Leeds of all people. Yeah. And he gone for a hundred thousand pounds. Oh no. Back in September 67. 
And when I was thinking about him, I think, you know, Alan Clark, who I'll come to in a sec, he was an out-and-out scorer, wasn't he? He was yeah. he sniffer Clark. He was, he was composed, you know, put him one in one, and he'd always, he'd always score. And I thought, well, Mick Jones was, he was a workhorse, really. He, he, he created the space and, and time for Clark to do that. But when I looked at Mick Jones' scoring record, he ended up in total playing 370 games in his career, which is not that many these days, I suppose. Or, or to say, you know, that they, they, they didn't rotate greatly in those days. So 370, not, not a massive amount of games. And he scored 140 in that in those games. So that's wow. that's better than that's better than every third game, if my maths is right, I think. Um Impressive. yeah. So you know, he, he was an impressive goal scorer as as well. Different types of goals, but nevertheless still a, an impressive goal scorer. Um, Mick's still going strong. He's 70, 75 coming up. And, right. uh, still, I think, he comes to the lane from time to time, but uh, I suspect his heart's as much in at Leeds as it's is it from the lane now. Sad, sadly. Moving, moving on to Alan Clark, his partner in crime. Oh, yeah. Play, yeah, it was in the Hollies, wasn't he? I don't know. <laughs> oh, I've got the wrong half of the podcast. Yeah, no, that's different Alan Clark, yeah. And I did need to say that this is Alan Clark, not not of the Hollies or even of the Clash, actually. There was, oh, uh, very the, good. Yeah. Um, but Sniffer Clark. Um, and his goal-scoring record was better than, than, than Mix. He played more games, 514 games, 223 goals. Um, no, that's, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, not marginally better, but not that much. No, no surprising. You, you, you would have put him at a higher goal scoring. Yeah, yeah. that's all he did. He was, he was a Billy Sharp, really, wasn't he? He was. The, he was. The yeah. man in the Poacher is, in lots of ways, everything that Mick Jones wasn't, but a perfect partnership together. He got attitude. He was a bit nasty at times, wasn't he? He, he got, hmm. you know, he got that edge to him that, that, that Mick Jones, I didn't think, had. Yeah. Um, but of course, you've talked about the connection, Charlie, by talking yeah. about Alan Clark earlier in um, remembering him in that seventy-three Cup final. Yeah, I think the um, thing was Tony that once that tackle went in, he was hardly in the game. Yeah, and that and that wasn't through carrying any kind of injury. I no. think he knew he was going to have two defenders who were going to, you know. They were going to take care of him one way or another. Yeah, and they did. They did. I think the contrast there would be the the cup final of Leeds against Arsenal when they won one nil. Yeah, when, was that the previous season, Joe? I th- it could have been. I'm, I don't know. I mean, I'm just trying to recall right. it from from time. But what the, the abiding memory of that is Clark scored that, but it was made by Mick Jones. Yes, who dislocated his shoulder or broke his arm, I think. Yeah, I did. In, ah, in, in right. going down the right hand side, but yeah. you know there was no way a, a broken armed Mick Jones would have shirked from any any sort of. Uh, he was tough. He was a tough, tough guy. Yeah, it's interesting that Jeff, because reading about, I read up about Mick Jones. Things I'd forgotten. That cup final you're talking about. As soon as the game finished, he had to go to hospital with his shoulder. Yeah. If I remember rightly, he didn't even go up. He couldn't go and collect his medal, and I think when it came to the medals, um, he was a bit upset 
because there wasn't a medal left for him because he was at hospital. And Mick Bates, I think it was Mick Bates, who was the 12th man, you know, had gone up and got a medal. And I don't think there were enough medals to go around. I think they, they sorted it out later. But, but I think Mick was a bit uh, bit knocked about that. He's in hospital with his dislocated shoulder and there's no medal. And, and there were a few cup finals. I think Leeds were in a couple of cup finals around that time. And I think yeah. Alan Clark repaid the compliment to Mick Jones with a victory as well. I, 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 I can't remember timings on it. But back to Alan Clark briefly. He started off at Walsall, went to Fulham, then Leicester, and then on to Leeds. But I remember a cup tie in late 60s at Craven Cottage that I went to, uh, Full House. And Craven Cottage, I think, is a brilliant ground. I always loved yes. going to yeah. Fulham when I've, when I've been. And um, I had to look Full House. And we scored quite early on. And Alan Clark equalised. Who else? He equalised near the end. That's, that's a memory of Alan Clark as well. Mm. Um, and he, he ended up being manager. Managed Barnsley twice, Alan Clark, with not, not too bad a record, really, but Vicky bombed on the, on the final time. Yeah. And interestingly, they're still great mates now. Are they? Um, oh, yeah, they're, they're still yeah. well in touch. Um, good. You know, family contacts and that. So, but, you know, two great names from 60s, 70s football that tugged at my heartstrings over, yes. over the years. Um, you know, wanted to see... Leeds and, and Alan Clark beaten, but but missing Mick Jones at the lane. At the lane, yeah, he was he was in uh, one of the many legends, wasn't he? Yeah, and I remember so him going. I was young, but younger than you, but I was I was gutted when he went. But uh, yeah. he wasn't he, he wasn't the last to depart. No, he wasn't. Uh, no. Just messing. We all had him. Yeah. yeah, true. His first partner at the lane was one Alan Birchenall. Um, and there were two young kids together, 19 and about 19 and 18, um, and they were they were quite they terrorised a few defences. They did indeed. They, yeah. Okay, is that uh, that's me? That's my bit. That's really. good. No, that's I could, a, I could, I could, yeah. could go on all afternoon on that, but uh, uh, I won't. Uh, <laughs> well, it's pretty kind of you. Okay. Um, well, interestingly enough. Um, uh, I, 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 I like you. I, I, I uh, funny enough, I started with uh, with Len Badger, but sorry, with Alan Woodward, but with Len Badger as part. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Len Badger's a really classy right back. Charlie Woodward was a fantastic right winger, and the two just worked in tandem constantly. And uh, it, it struck me in in my, as as a youngster that that Len Badger appeared to be able to knock a ball over over the uh, defence to the on running Woodward and back spin it to him like a <laughs> like a sand wedge. Um, I'm sure he couldn't, but it looked it looked that way. They, they were great. I also felt um, I, I, I should uh, to bring us right up to date. I should I, I wanted to mention. Uh, an interesting part, what I think is an interesting pairing now at Bramall Lane, which is Ender Stevens and George Baldock, who, who are two wing-backs and um, are not playing on opposite wings. But you can tell that between them, they've got a real thing going. And there were a few goals now in the Premier League where, where one's created the goal for the other. Um, and, and that's great to see. 
they, they are united probably in one thing, which is me saying vocally and clearly, neither of them is good enough for the Premier League. <laughs> so that tells you what little I know. I have a feeling I might have said neither of them was good enough for the Championship, if I'm truthful, but, uh, but they have proven to be absolutely superb. I mean, Ender Stevens, I would not swap him for any wing back in the Premier League, I don't think. Well, maybe one of Liverpool's, but so they're a good partnership. But anyway, I'll t- cut to the chase. I've actually got two others, but I'll, the main one, you mentioned that, uh, uh, Tony, which, which is Brian Dean and Tony Agana. Yeah. Uh, Brian Dean, Charlie, if you stand afar, uh, Brian Dean, big, big, tall yes. guy, a bit gangly, Remember. you know, how, how on earth did he ever get an England cap and all the rest yeah. of it? Well, we signed him in, in July 1988 for £30,000 from Doncaster. Um, it was described as looking like Bambi on ice when he ran around. <laughs> Five years and 200 appearances le- after that, we sold him for 30 times what we'd paid for him. Oh. When he went up to Leeds, sadly. Yeah. Oh, um, no, not another. Not another one. He got two options, by the way, Tony, I found out. Mm. He said, uh, uh, reading, up, reading up on him, he could go to Sheffield Wednesday or Leeds. <laughs> and he didn't think he'd survive if he went to, to Wednesday. The interesting thing about him, I thought, he could seem to score any, any type of goal. It, mm. You know, you'd think, well, he's a big, tall fella. He's going to head, you know. It, it, but he scored a lot of little flicks where the ball coming in, you flick it into the corner, long shots, headers, smashed in from the edge of the box, tap-ins. He got, he got the lot. And, and my yeah. favourite was a 40-yard chip against Liverpool when mm. Bruce... Grobelar came chasing out um, to, 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 to clear a ball. Came at, ran out about 40 yards, realised he'd gone too far. Brian Dean tackled him and with utmost skill, from 40 yards out, just lobbed it straight into the back of the net over, over a couple of defenders, I think, that were sprinting back. You can probably remember that one, Tony. I can't. I've got a story for that one, but go on, Jeff. OK, great. Anyway, so, 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 so Brian Dean... You know, uh, became became a hero. Tony Agana, interestingly, um, he he came to us from Watford, and uh, uh, I was down with my 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 pal my pal Andy, who's a Spurs season ticket holder, uh, and we went to see Spurs play Watford um, one 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 Saturday when we were down there. It transpires he only played fifteen times for Watford, and he only scored one goal. Um, uh, he only scored one, one goal. But the thing is, he really caught my eye. I can remember that day coming out and saying to Andy, he was, he was good, that lad there up, up front. He, was, he looked fast and tricky. You know, he could play the ball. And he was always, as Mr Wilder would say, he was always on the front foot. Always mm. seemed to be wanting to create something. 118 appearances for the Blades, 42 goals. So as a pairing, he, he joined just before we... we got relegated to Division 3 uh, and then Dave Bassett brought that really brought that pairing together in that one season those two strikers scored 60 goals <laughs> 60 goals League and Cup and you just think how much would that be worth today absolutely incredible yeah. uh, Brian Dean went back to Leeds but he did he went to Leeds but he did come back actually um 
and uh, he scored 13 goals in 28 matches. He was a, always a great, a great striker. And we were doing quite well that season, Tony, weren't we? Until the fateful day when we all, yeah. we all got up to find out that our two strikers, Brian Dean and Jan Fjortov, had been sold on the yeah. same day. Yeah. Uh, which, which is still a black, a black date in, in everybody. Still bitter about that, Jeff, aren't you? Still, well, it was terrible, wasn't it? To be fair to Brian Dean, although he was, he was actually, he got quite a bit of stick when he went to Leeds, and I'm not sure it was his choice, you know, to, to leave. But, but I don't think anybody gave him any stick when, because he went to Benfica, and that was, that was quite a, ah, yeah. a move for him, you know? Uh, and again, we mentioned it last week. Um, and as you know, I go out to Lisbon at, from time to time and uh, talk to some of the, the people who are there and they're, they're, they're very, very, they talk very fondly about, about Brian Dane as, uh, mm. you know. Uh, Jeff, Jeff, did you fly into Brian Dean Airport? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> not quite. No. Although it was a guy at the, at the airport once who, uh, who, uh, who, who mentioned, I can't remember, we got talking about football. And I said I'd been watching United. I think it was when we had a cup game, and I'd been watching it out there. And uh, and he he went on about Brian Dean and uh, 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 me. Uh, the guy who played for Liverpool, Dean Saunders, because he went out there. And of course, Jimmy Hagen, as we who we mentioned yeah. last time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that promotion season. The other thing about that promotion season, Tony, which was um, I, I, when I checked it out, that actually Tony Agana was was the fans' player of the year. Ah, um, interesting. Yeah, because you'd have thought maybe Dino would have walked away with that, but uh, yeah. apparently not. And he still lives in Sheffield, and he's a sax player, saxophone player. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we might even get him into part two. <laughs> <if we're... laughs> yeah. So that's that's. Uh, Sorry, you wanted to, 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 there was something you were going to mention there, because I've got and more, the then I'll finish it. Yeah. The only thing I was going to say about uh, that goal that you mentioned, that he scored against Liverpool. Uh, yeah. And sometimes, like, it's a fisherman's tale, isn't it? Oh, yeah, a 45-yarder. Like, it, it really was a 45-yarder, wasn't it? Like, oh, it, it was. was. It yeah. was every bit as long as that. And But it was the first game that I ever took our lad David to. That was, that oh, was the wow. first game. And when, when before I... Met Joan and, and then David. Yeah. He had a Liverpool kit, you know, and, and this is this is a budding Liverpool fan. And to take him to his first game <laughs> and we beat Liverpool 2 0, I think it was. Yeah, um, yeah, we did. I think he scored again. And Brian Dean. And to see a goal like that, well, he's hooked and he's, he's still hooked. <laughs> still hooked now. <laughs> so it all started with that moment, Jeff. Brilliant. I have to say that's unlike, my, unlike my start, you know, 4 0 at home. Yes, exactly. But all those cigarette ends. I mean, you know. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna I'm gonna just wind up this first half. It's been a it's been really fascinating. I have to just feel though, if I'm talking about parents, and it is Dean and Nagan is the one I'd, I'd put. But I just and I'm cheating a bit here. I I think it's really, really it would be really remiss of Tony and I if we didn't say that probably the greatest pairing we've ever seen is. One Chris Wilder and Alan Nil. Yeah, I mean, you know, non-playing, yes, non-playing. Charlie, everybody's read the stories because yeah. everybody yeah. loves them these days, and we're all over the best. But I can't describe to you what that club was like before it when he took over. It was utterly rock bottom. Culture was terrible. 
first time in my life I was saying, do I need this on a Saturday? Because there was nothing, was there, Tony? Literally nothing there. Yeah. We got the geese formation, as we mentioned last week, but that was about <laughs> it. And, uh, you know, the, the rest is history. 100, 100 points in League One. The great thing is they've done, of course, is our noisy neighbours, which you won't have noticed. You'll have noticed the national stuff, but the Wednesday fans were saying, yeah, but you're coming up to the championship. Championships like La Liga compared to the pub league that you're in. This was the narrative yeah. which we came, we came up. And, of course, we had a great start. We beat them 4-2 on their own ground. We didn't get promotion. And then the second part of the narrative was, yeah, but first-year syndrome, you're up on passion and excitement, but you'll not do it two years running. Now you'll get found out. Well, at the end, one of the finest interviews of, of Wilde, and he'd had a few, and uh, he didn't mention anybody particularly. He said, we've had a lot of people saying a lot of things about us coming out of this league. I'll just say this. In, one year, out, see ya. There's <laughs> <laughs> people with T-shirts on walking around Sheffield. With that on. In, one year, out, see ya. Fantastic. Alan <laughs> uh, Neil, very different, but he... he, he a real compliment. He bring he, he spends all his time looking at football around the world. The the, the centre back thing is uh, was was his, I think, as much as anybody's. Um, so, because in those days in Division Three, you'd have eleven people defending. That doesn't happen in the Premiership unless you play Newcastle, of course, when they do it. But <laughs> and and the first <laughs> the first thing you noticed was when we were trying to break these defence. I suddenly noticed. The, the, the centre-back was playing right-back, the right-back was playing wing-back, the wing-back was playing like a winger, and the winger was just running all over the place like somebody demented, and that's how they unpicked everybody was great stuff. But anyway, the point about that pairing is they've transformed our club in the likes of which I have never seen, and I don't think we'd ever see again, to be honest, from where it was to where it is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, you'll be glad, Charlie, about that Newcastle mention. I think that. Yeah, thanks for that, Jeff. Ah, yeah. yeah. Okay, we've had a good old run through that, so so I think some really interesting stuff there. I think it's coming up to to half time. I don't know about you, I could do with a little a little rest and uh, a, a, a bit of orange. Yeah. Square, <laughs> what half an orange? Half yeah, half orange, orange half segments. Oh, yeah, right. orange segments. Oh, hang, on. hang on, there you go. Half an orange. <laughs> Right, okay, okay. Right, so we'll uh, we'll call that a day and we'll come okay. back in a few minutes. We'll kick off the second half and we'll yeah. pick our pairings into the musical, the, the world of music. All right, see you in a minute. Okay, see you right. later. Bye. 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 B